Hi, Gary Zacharias again with The Apologist Bookshelf. This time, instead of a book, I've got a booklet by Tim Keller called On Death. And uh, Keller writes so much good stuff. I, I don't agree with everything he says, but uh, he's got some wonderful books. The Reason for God, uh, Making Sense of God, The Prodigal God, uh, Songs of Jesus, and uh, some others. And what he's got is a series, I guess, of small booklets. Uh, it's called How to Find God. And it's about uh, living a life, basically, How to Find God series. And it's a book on birth and baptism and marriage. And then he's got one says concluding on uh, death. And he said, the hope is that these slim books will provide guidance, comfort, wisdom, and above all, will help point the way to finding and knowing God all throughout your life. So I think that's an interesting idea to cover the uh, broad range of people's lives. So this one is called On Death. And I wanted to cover the first chapter, especially. It's called The Fear of Death. And I thought he had some good insights regarding why in our society there's just a tremendous fear for the idea of death. And he said we seem to be really far less prepared for death than our ancestors were. So he, he asked the question, why is that? And he says, well, for one thing, it's uh, the blessing of modern medicine. I think that's a good point. It's basically hidden death from us. And he's got a statistic here. He says the average family in the U.S. in colonial times, we're talking about 1600s to 1700s, they lost one out of every three kids before they grew up. One out of three. Can you imagine that? Awful. But it meant that death was part of their lives. He says we actually, as our, in our culture, live in denial of our impending death. And he uh, contrasts that with Psalm 90, verse 12, that says we're supposed to number our days to gain a heart of wisdom. Well, we don't number our days. We can hide it pretty well. We can uh, duck and 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 uh, slide along for a long time before it uh, smacks us in the face. Of course, with COVID, uh, I think the reality of death has become far more real. But he says modern people are really unrealistic. They're not prepared for death, more so than any other group in history. Because for one reason, as he says, technology has helped us, and it's wonderful, but it keeps us hiding as much as we can from death. He says there's a second reason that we struggle with the idea of death. He said, we're living in a secular culture, and so where does it get its idea of meaning and fulfillment? Well, in the world. But he said, if you looked at non-Western and older cultures, they really did help their members face suffering. How did they do that? Well, they taught their members about the meaning of life, the main thing for which everybody was supposed to be living. And in each case, the main thing to live for was, ready for this? something outside the material world and life, some object that suffering and death couldn't touch. I think that's a good point. But he said, look at today. we got this secular society, and people are telling us, grab for the gusto. This material world is all there is. This is it. And the catch, of course, is that death destroys all those things. So whether it's your job or whether it's your uh, savings or whether it's your home or whatever it is, all of that stuff goes away. So he says modern culture, he calls it the worst in history to prepare its members for the only inevitability they're going to face, and that's death. Here's a third reason, he says, we're not doing very well with death. He says, well, we redefined it as uh, non-existence, right? Death is non-existence. So there's a, a real sense, he says, of insignificance. If death really is the end, if we die and everybody we know dies, 
and our nation dies, and then finally the whole human civilization dies. I mean, the sun is going to go out someday. So whether it's a billion, five billion, ten billion years, whatever it is, then nothing that we're going to do is going to make any difference. It's all going to be nothing. It just doesn't matter at all. And he says, you got to deal with this fear of insignificance some way. And so he says a lot of people turn to sex and romance and money and career and politics and social causes. Just they're, they're desperate to find, get a feeling of significance in the face of death. And that's, of course, without having any kind of recourse to God and religion. But he says death takes away the significance and joy of things. He says... Uh, then you get the people that say today, oh, death is nothing to be frightened of. And uh, one person wrote an article, we fear death, but what if dying isn't as bad as we think? You know, when you die, you just don't know anything. There's no pain or anguish, but that doesn't work for most people. Uh, they fear it. In fact, he uses Dylan Thomas's poem. He says that's far more, far more resonant for the majority of us. Uh, Thomas says in that poem, we should rage, rage against the dying of the light. So he says religion used to give people tools to help face the most formidable foe that we're ever going to face, and of course that's death. And modern secularism hasn't come up with anything to compensate for this huge loss. He says there's a fourth reason why we struggle today with death. He says we've lost categories for sin and guilt and forgiveness. That's all gone. Um, so what do we have instead? He said, well, our human beings can't abandon these moral reflexes. We all down deep know that there are some things absolutely right and absolutely wrong. We actually do think there's such a thing as sin and judgment. That's why we have such a low self-esteem. We know, this is what Greg Kokel has talked about. He says, I know something about everybody in the room when he speaks. He says, I know something about you you don't think I know, and that's, you feel guilty. You haven't lived up to your own standards. He said, I haven't either. But he says, today we've abandoned, now I'm back to Keller here, he says, today we've abandoned the old underlying beliefs in God and heaven and hell, and so we've lost resources for repentance. There's no showing of grace, no granting of forgiveness. And he says he's been a pastor and spent many hours in the presence of dying people, and he said one thing he hears over and over again, he said that when death approaches, people feel tremendous regret uh, for, for what they've done. And he said, then there's fear of judgment. And there's no answer for that from the secular world this day. So he says, we should not live in fear of death. We should see it, he calls it as spiritual smelling salts to awaken us out of this false belief that we'll live forever. And uh, that, that's pretty powerful, isn't it? He says, we should be listening to God speaking to us, telling us that everything is temporary in this life except for his love. That's reality. He says God's love can go into death with us and take us through it and into his arms. That's such a wonderful way to think because uh, I've lost some close people in the last year, and so I, I cling to that myself. God says to us, this is according to Keller again, he says it's in death that God says to us, if I'm not your security, then you've got no security. He mentions in the book of Hebrews in uh, chapter 2, in bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. He, too, shared in their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death. 
that is, the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. So in a sense, Jesus has become, as it says here, the pioneer of our salvation. He says that Greek word for pioneer is archegus. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. He says a Bible scholar really says it ought to be translated, Jesus is our champion. So he says, well, think about what a champion used to be in the old days. It was somebody who engaged in representative combat. Remember the story of David and Goliath? They were champions for their respective armies. So they were, uh, David was the champion for the Israelites and Goliath for the Philistines. They fought as substitutes. If your champion won, the whole army won, even though the rest of them didn't have to lift a finger. That's what Jesus did. He took on the greatest enemies ever. I mean, nothing like David fighting Goliath. He took on sin and death. He took the penalty that we deserve for our sins and became our substitute. So he took away our penalty and he guaranteed the future resurrection of everyone who unites with him by faith. So he says, you know, you look at all religions and they say all the things that you have to do to lead a good life so that you're ready for eternity. But, and I think this is so true because I see it in my life, as death approaches, as we get older, we know we haven't even come close to doing our best. We haven't lived as we ought. So he says, if you believe that idea of leading a good life, then you're going to be enslaved by the fear of death until the very end. Ah, but Christianity is so different, Keller says. Instead, it gives you a champion who's already defeated death, who pardons you and covers you with his love. Isn't that good to know? And then, of course, he quotes from a really famous uh, section of 1 Corinthians in chapter 15. Paul says, Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? He says, notice Paul is not really facing death stoically. You know, okay, well, it's coming. I guess I can, I guess I can hang in there. He says he's taunting it. And Paul gives the answer. You know, what? how can you look at death and taunt it? Paul says, the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's also in 1 Corinthians 15. So the sting of death is our conscience, right? We, we realize, whoa, we have fallen so far short. But Christ took that away. He took it upon himself, actually, for everybody who believes. And so at the end of the chapter, uh, Keller says, a believer always beats death, whether they die or not. Jesus Christ has defeated it, and now all it can do is make us more happy and loved than we've ever been. And at the end of the chapter, he says, if Jesus died for you and he's risen to be your living Savior, then what can death do to you? So there, there are other chapters to the book, but I just wanted to uh, share those with you. Uh, that was the chapter called The Fear of Death. He talks about the rupture of death and that we're not supposed to grieve like those without hope. So it's only about 100 pages, a short little booklet, easy to read, but it's powerful. And uh, I think it's something that uh, you would like. And I use that term advisedly. Uh, we don't want to think about death, but it sets our mind straight. And I think we need to hear that, especially in the secular age that wants to deny death. Okay, well, thanks for listening. And uh, let's do another podcast soon.